Welcome everyone, Tulsa Music Extreme here. We are on episode 64 and um, we will be live with Mark Kendall from Great White. And as always, make sure you share our, our you know, stream. stream on all your favorite pages, your groups and your personal pages and all that stuff. And also, um, if you can, um, if you're watching on um, YouTube or you haven't even uh, liked or followed us on youtube go ahead and do that and hit your notification bell we're also on twitch and twitter as well you can watch there on those platforms as well but um yes we're going to be uh live here with uh mark kendall from great white man he is getting in the room now as we speak we're going to get him on screen and i hear you buddy i don't see you yet (laughs) oh okay hold on a second you got it Mark Kendall from Great White. We're anxious to talk to him this evening. He's got an uh, awesome story to share with us. Thank you guys again for tuning in tonight. I don't and have there's... any uh, video. Yeah, I, I hear you, but I don't see your picture yet. But you take we're your time. It. We're working it. No problem. You do your thing. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about uh, what we got coming up. Mark's going to tell us not only about his... Uh, career with great white but he's also involved in some other really cool things that i'm anxious to talk there you are how you doing <laughs> there he is i'm doing good i just i just got out of a bunch of traffic and went down to a friend of mine who used to be in Dio for like seven years his name's tracy g yeah he has a recording studio at his house and uh, i go over there every once in a while i record here too but I like his some of his gear better than mine, so sure. I, I go out. I go out there, and when I was coming back, the traffic was like horrendous. I made it here by five fifty-five. Bless your heart. Well, listen, <laughs> we we appreciate you coming on. I'm sure that traffic is a killer. Now, I want to get the first order of business out of the way. I want to tell you that I'm sorry about your Dodgers. I know that had to oh, hurt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. Um, you know, we just didn't we didn't play very good. And um, you know, I, you gotta, you have to play your speed, you know, when it comes crunch time. And we just, we really didn't uh, play, just played flat, really. 
Well, we're Cardinal fans, so you know the Phillies. They oh, pretty much swept us. Yeah. Let me tell you about the Cardinals. Um, a friend of mine who I I train in pool with. I, I'm kind of an avid pool player. Uh, he he got married in Cardinals uniforms. I mean, his whole house is like adorned with Cardinal swag. So I'm yeah. sure he's more more bu- as bummed as you guys at least. It, it, it hurt. It hurt. So I know how you're feeling this week. But uh, hey. now, did you become a a pool shark um, just by you know being in playing bars most of your life? Is that how that <laughs> no. kind of? No, I don't even really play on bar tables much. I I play on big tables. And, um, you know, I've competed before in the world championships and, but I, I won a couple of matches, but I can't beat those guys. You know, they're, that's all they do is play pool all the time. Sure. But I, I like to, I, I would call my, um, uh, I play under pro caliber, but you know, pretty good for a guitar player. <laughs> sure. That is excellent. Well, we're going to get into to talking about the band, of course, but there's something very exciting that's happening here in a couple hours for you that I want to talk about. Now you are getting ready to start a Tuesday night radio show on KWXY, yeah. and this is going to be every Tuesday from eight to 10 uh, PM yeah. Pacific. Tell us a little bit about how you landed that and what people can expect when they tune in to listen. Well, actually, it it was a friend of my daughter's when I lived in Palm Desert, and he was uh, on a radio show, and he had asked her if I'd be interested in doing one of the shows. You know, they got Eddie Trunk now. They got, uh, you know, a couple other musicians that were, you know, a pretty big deal, Alice Cooper and stuff like that. So um, I didn't really understand what it was all about, so I didn't even look into it. And then I heard about it again, so I went, I, I called the guy, and when I found out it's a free-form radio station, like I can play whatever I want, I yeah. can do the show however I want, you know, and I I called a couple DJ friends of mine just to get some tips, because I'm not a DJ, and the best, um, the best thing they told me that I, uh, that I, that I was glad to hear is just be myself. Sure. You know, right. don't try to act like the big bopper or something, you know? <laughs> so, uh, that's the way I've treated it. And the way I'm doing the show is I'm giving people a little education on, on who they're listening to. You know what I mean? A yeah. little bit of their story, not writing a book or anything, but for instance, Steppenwolf, um, you know, bands like that, they have a, a pretty, pretty good backstory of, a lot of hard work right. you know you, you hear it sometimes about these overnight successes mm-hmm. every story i've looked into on bands there's not one yet i have not heard an overnight success where somebody didn't work hard and just got all lucky and everything sure. went their way you know everybody that gets lucky usually works really hard right now not only are you going to be uh, educating people on the history of these bands but are you also going to be interviewing artists as well yeah yeah, I'm an interview artist. I uh, might do some jams live in the studio every once in a while, you know. Um, so, yeah, there'll be a little bit of that. Uh, you know, I have a lot of friends in the business just <laughs> for being around so darn long. Sure. And uh, I that's actually going to be fun for me because there's things I don't know, you know, about certain people. You know, your Frank Hannons and... Well, I know a little bit about Tesla because I, 
we actually were playing clubs back. This is way back in the early eighties. Um, on our days off from the Judas priest tour. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they were, uh, called city kid, this band, and they were playing cover songs and they opened for us. And I go, man, if these guys ever did originals, they could be something. Four years later, we're on tour with them, co-headlining, you know. So, but as far as going back before that, what you know, the reason I came up with this, you guys, is because I'm a fan. Yes. And I want to know what Billy Gibbons does when he's not on stage. You know what I mean? Sure. Does he drive through McDonald's? Does he like bowling? You know, and I would think fans would be interested in that, you know. What, sure. what they do away from the stage. A lot of people want to get backstage just to see their heroes, to right. see their favorite artists, you know? Plus so I want to bring a little of that element into the show. Yes. Plus it'll give you an opportunity to not have to talk about yourself and your own band. You can <laughs> yeah. get all the dirt yeah, you, from everyone else. That's right. Yeah, you get a little tired of telling everybody how great you are. Well, and, and I'll tell you what, you know, this this is not what Scott and I do full-time either. We've got full-time jobs. We do this on the side uh, when COVID hit and it locked us all down. We got bored, so we started this up. And I can tell you one thing I've learned from interviewing you guys is, you know, you guys get asked all the normal staple questions that you've probably answered a million times. But I think when you tap into into stuff that that you guys enjoy doing outside of music you know like we just talked about about pool and and we'll talk about more stuff too i think that's kind of what gets you guys' motors going is just to talk about something a little different so i'm hoping we can do that with you tonight yeah and a lot of that is you know uh people might say hey i like that too that's pretty cool this guy's not bad you know (laughs) He, he, he likes to play pool i like that too you know Absolutely. He doesn't just play guitar and that's it. You know? No, there's that's a lot more to you. Yeah. We're, we're going to get into that for sure. Now, so, so, Go ahead. Um, I guess that um, maybe it's not official yet, or maybe it is official, but is uh, Brett Carlisle now the singer? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we're talking about it. We're talking to him. Uh, we haven't made any big announcements yet, but uh, as much as we love Andrew and respect him, and I still do respect him. He he's just loyal to his band. Sure. And our with our brand, we can't really have a singer that's in multiple bands. Right. It just doesn't work. You know, um, it's not really good for our brand. It, it's uh, it makes it hard to schedule things when somebody else is busy doing something else. Right. And so we're more into somebody that sings great. It's totally dedicated, loyal to us, loves to be in the band. Mm-hmm. And we did a show with this, with uh, Brett, and it, it was world news. And I didn't even want to do the show. We auditioned like three singers mm-hmm. uh, just to do one show. So it's extra work. You know, you got to see if somebody can pull it off. And he sounded the best. A friend of ours turned him, turned us on to him. Yeah. He's in a band called All or Nothing. I think they do maybe covers. I'm not. I don't know a lot about it. Okay. But anyways, so I didn't even want to do the show. They talked me into it. I heard his voice. He sang on a couple of our songs on, you know, put vocals on a tape. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, he sounds closer than anybody so far. So okay. So we went and rehearsed in Las Vegas, and 
I was real nervous about doing the show. I guess this this could be career ending. And all <laughs> sure. And sure enough, um, it, it it was completely opposite. It was world news. It was, uh, you know, uh, there was press in Italy, the UK, Germany, the USA. A, a lot of the the uh, online magazines that normally are just dirt seeking and they just want to pull dirt out of everything mm. and just kind of, you know, bag on everybody, really, even they had good things to say. Wow. So, so um, he just nailed our songs. Um, you know, people loved them at the gig itself, not mm. just um, the press. And he's a wonderful guy. He's 25 years old, so quite a bit wow. younger than this. But he's very uh, humble. He he's uh, really loves the idea of being in the band, and mm-hmm. he really throws down on stage. I mean, I you know, I was really surprised about that. And he's, you know, he asks a lot of questions. He's just a good good guy. That's excellent. That's great. You know, that leads me to my next question. You guys obviously have have had a, a handful of different singers since Jack. You worked with yeah. Terry Luce and Mitch Malloy and Andrew Freeman, and, yeah. and now it looks like Brett is stepping in. I want to ask you, when you guys have gone through selecting a new vocalist, how important has it been to you all that that they maintain and retain some of the original sound that maybe Jack had or was it more about just finding the right personality that meshed with you guys and brought a good vibe I, I'd like to say that we always kind of settled you know yeah. um, people would just get the songs close and we'd go well, you know it's probably not going to get better than that Sure. Um, then there was you know I won't go into any details because I have nothing bad to say about any of those people you mentioned but there were some other issues, you know, um, you know, like things that today to me are, we're so past any kind of ego trips or whatever. Sure. It's just, we're just happy to wake up in the morning and start a new day and say, well, everything's great. Yeah. You know, that's good enough for us and to try to make the best music we can. Mm-hmm. But when there's some kind of a, I don't know if it's insecurity or ego or, or what when when there's extra anything drama related yeah it just turns me off personally sure um so i'd rather just concentrate on the music make that the most important thing you know uh and and just have fun you know Mm -hmm. enjoy ourselves uh and this uh brett really seems like he's that type he's very uh enjoyable to be around you know he's uh he, he's just at ease, you know, he, yeah. he loves singing and, and he sings our songs like perfect. It, it's, it's quite incredible. And his range is from A to Z. I mean, this guy has a full voice in every note. Hmm. And um, so it's pretty incredible to find somebody like that. You know, they don't grow on trees. Yeah. Much. And to inject that, that youthful energy, that's going to be nothing but good. You know, that, I mean, gosh, who, who doesn't want an energetic front man? Everybody needs that. So congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a timetable of maybe um, announcing this? Officially. Um, Official. The timetable is just, uh, he, he has a few, a few uh, priority gigs that he committed to. 
And once that ends and we do pictures, we, we, we're scheduled to, to do a photo shoot in, mm -hmm. in Vegas. And obviously I'm spilling the beans now, but, but uh, we just want to have all our ducks in a row and present it, you know, the mm -hmm. right way. Sure, sure. That's understandable. Well, I, I'll be honest with you. I did, a lot of the prep I did for, for your interview tonight was was based around Andrew being the singer. But we can kind of yeah. we can kind of wing it, and that's okay. I wanted to ask you guys. You know, you you had a busy uh, summer of shows, and you've got more stuff lined up. Um, and I'll put matter of fact, I'll put some of the upcoming tour dates here on the screen. But what I wanted to ask you are are you guys intending to? Uh, start working on and releasing a new album anytime soon uh, that's what i was doing today i've been um cool. writing songs like a crazy man cool I have, I have five songs down um so i'm i'm just writing you know pretty much all i can uh i just had another guy bring over some extra gear that i need for my home mm -hmm. to record at home and these are just you know demo ideas yeah but I pretty much finished songs. I've actually recorded that way on a great white album before hmm. where you just run a click crack and I play my whole guitar part all the way down, you know? Wow. So that's, I've, I've only done that a couple of times, but normally the routine is I get the ideas down. Then we go jam them together in a room and then things get changed and, you know, different parts happen that way. Wow. Sure. I always, I always wondered um, about you guys. You know, your first album, it has a lot of that Hollywood 1984 sound that, you know, L.A. heavy rock. And, and yeah. you know, you guys were just right there with, you know, all the Motley Crues and all that that was going on back, yeah. in, back in those days. I always wondered, and I love that album, and Stick It, Substitute, and, and, yeah. and all of those out of, out of the – all of those songs are just just metal and and, and Jack sounds yeah. great on it. Yeah. Some somewhere you guys went a little bit more bluesy. Was that something that you guys uh wanted to do on your own or was that something like uh, a record label or somebody pushed you to do? No, um well what happened was uh this was in this era of the first album, it was kind of when the Scorpions and Judas Priest were kind of flying under the radar, if you will. They weren't big commercial bands yet. Yeah. And we loved those two bands. And we were trying to be like them. And we were uh, just, you know, we were very young. It was early part of the songwriting, and it was just bass, guitar, and drums. Mm -hmm. And so we just leaned toward trying to be as heavy as possible. I mean, it didn't turn out that heavy, but that's heavy for us. Right. So what happened was during the first album, while we were recording, I was, I was playing in between the songs, in between takes and stuff, playing like Alvin Lee, you know, Carlos Santana, <laughs> you know, uh, things like that. Like the, uh, I'm sitting there playing stuff bluesy, uh, from people that made me want to improve and get better and that just made inspired me. So that was a force thing. That was like, we're trying to be metal. Right. The other stuff was natural. And our, my manager goes, you should be doing that. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I go, really? I, I can do that? It, it, you know, like, so it totally freed me up to, 
to write any kind of music I wanted. And that's when the band started to, you hear the blues overtones yeah. in the band. And then adding the keyboards and guitar player, that kind of uh, widened our range, yes. yeah. you know, uh, on uh, different things we can do. When you just have bass, guitar, and drums, when I used to break a string live, I used to have a heart attack. <laughs> I mean, it was just like all you hear is like "bau" and "hong ting." That's right. All the music goes away. You know, when one guitar player band is not easy either. No. Um, we did a whole tour that way with, uh, just as a trio with lead singer. Uh, we toured with White Snake in uh, Europe, yeah. and then Judas Priest for like six months. Mm. You know, and. Uh, but uh, it was a great experience, um, you know, being a trio. But uh, I always loved the way Aerosmith put their guitars together. So yeah. I was kind of uh, excited about having two separate parts, you know, just sure. more of an orchestration. And also we sound just like the record live mm -hmm. because I always played rhythm and then overdubbed the solos. Right. But live, all you hear is the solo. Right. There's no rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So uh, it was fun. At first, when we first hired Mark Gallardi to be in the band, he was behind a curtain. Oh, wow. And then, then we gave him a riser. So he had this big riser back by the drums. <laughs> and then girls start asking for him. So we oh. go, we better put him out on the stage, man. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, this, this guy can get chicks. Well, he you had know? the long blonde and, uh, hair. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. That's and so he funny. plays good, you know, he played good. So yeah. slowly but surely, you know, uh, he became uh, a guitar player. member. Yeah. So let yeah. me ask you, because I've always felt this about the great white material. I felt like you guys had a lot more substance and intelligence just just to your sound and your material than some of your counterparts of that day. It just it was just a deeper type material. So when you think back to, to those times when you guys were writing these songs, how did that songwriting process go? Was it primarily you bringing in an almost finished song to the band and then they shaped the rest of it? Or was a lot of it just jam sessions and, and that's what came out? Uh, most of the musical ideas stem from me, but we worked together. So it was a group effort. Um, you know, uh, in fact, I remember one time the bass player had a riff and I just wrote a whole song around it right on the spot, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, the lyrics, um, the lyricist in the band was essentially our manager. He was uh, wrote really good lyrics. Wow. He, he At first, he was just writing a few lines, and yeah. slowly but surely, he was, like, presenting full songs, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so he was a big part of the writing uh, as far as lyrics. I'm not a lyricist. I'm not very good with that. You know, except, except, yeah. except, except kind of did that same thing where they had like uh, another person management or something like that was writing the lyrics. Mm. Yeah. One thing I've never done, look, well, Elton John does that. He has a, a guy that writes lyrics and he writes music to lyrics. I've never done that. Wow. I don't, I don't even know if I could, I maybe could do that, but I always write the music and, and hum melody as I'm writing it to where mm -hmm. I know there's a lot available for a singer to sing and kind of go down that road. And sometimes I'll come up with the chorus idea lyrically 
just from the way the music sounds. Yeah. But to do it the other way around, <laughs> write music to words that are on paper, it, it's to me that that's kind of that trippy. But Elton John is such a master piano player yeah. that you know it probably comes easy to him, and he's probably way used to it. Yeah. How how was working with Michael Wagner all those years? Wonderful. And in fact, we just worked with him in, in 2017 again. And uh, he, he's real, you know, he's a taskmaster and he's a, a, a joy to work with. And he's a total professional in the sense he makes you feel totally comfortable when you're recording, you know, and that there's an art to that, um, you know, to get your best performance, you don't want to be nervous, you know worried about what this guy's thinking or you know yeah and, uh, especially really the age that you guys were the age that you guys were at that time i'm sure that was kind of intimidating a little bit <laughs> yeah oh absolutely man but he was so funny he was just so funny because he barely knew english he, he didn't know any english <laughs> and he was funny in the sense of like if the phone rang he used to answer and go telephone <laughs> you know <laughs> just stuff like that it was just hysterical and And he didn't know euphemisms, so he didn't know how to say something, you know, uh, um, like around what it is. You know, like if somebody's singing bad, you know, instead of saying, hey, buddy, I think you can get one better or whatever, he would just say, don't sing flat. (laughs) (laughs) He got right to the point, didn't he? Yeah, you know, not being mean, he just didn't know how to do that. You know, right. he barely knew the word, the English language. So, but uh, his, he's so humorous and so it's such a joy to be around. And he's so good. That's what was great about it. Yeah. I mean, he when we did that album, he had done Balls to the Wall already. Oh wow! wow. So, and you've heard that you've heard how ballsy that song is. Of course, I mean, it's such a great production and everything. So, yeah, he, he's a. Uh, you know, when you record with him, it's going to be sonically amazing. You sure. Know? So he, he's got a hundred million album career. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, you guys made some of the most iconic albums in rock history, and you know, here we are talking about working with Michael Wagner. I know the recording wow. process back in the day was so much different than it is now with all the oh, modern yeah. technology. Which which method do you prefer? Is there anything about the old school way of recording that you miss that that you wish was still around? Um. Well, we're, we are still old school in the sense, if it sounds good to our ears, it is good. Mm-hmm. In other words, like we don't look at a computer screen and go, look, that bass note missed the kick by a micrometer. Let's <laughs> right. fix it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, because what you do when you start fixing bass notes and start putting everything on the grid, all you're doing is making it a machine. Right. You know, you're, you're sucking the human element out of the music. Right. You know, that's why I say, I still trust my ears enough to go, that sounds good. I hope people like it because to me it sounds good. So it is good. You know, it's not bad because the computer says it's, this is off and that's off. That's the human element in music. And the machines, I think, are kind of taking the human element out of music. Yes. And, yeah. and you know, so I like to just play in a room and roll tape. That's you know? cool. 
But one thing good about the modern day is the editing is so much easier. Yeah. We used to take two-hour breaks just for a small little edit. Oh, I word. can imagine. Yeah. You know? Let's <laughs> yeah. go lunch. He's making an edit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the human element, especially, you know, for a singer, you know, there's so many different things. Even a guitar player, you know, can hit a, just a weird, kind of a weird note that, you know, that a harmonic yeah. or something or some, or a vocal something that, you know, may go a little flat or a little sharp or something, but it sounds cool. That's it's like right. it fits that part yeah. or, yep. or it matches a guitar a guitar thing. You know, there's just so many different right. things that like surprises you and you go, like, Wow, that was weird, you know, but hey, it sounds great, you yeah. know. He'll never be able to do it again, but we're gonna <laughs> <Right>. keep it. <laughs> That's why uh what what I appreciate and respect about Michael Wagner is he doesn't fix anything with, with auto-tune or anything like that. You, mm -hmm. you sing it again. You know, mm -hmm. just sing it again, and I know you can get one better. And then if it sounds right, we just keep that. We don't run it through whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm telling you, you know, there, to, he doesn't like country today. And he's probably never liked country anyways, but the reason he doesn't like it is it because it's so machine driven? Right. Every single vocal's fixed perfectly. Yes. You know, it's every word is tuned. You know, so it sounds homogenized in a way. There's mm -hmm. not that inflection that you're talking about, where God can never do that again. Right. If you put that through auto tune, it would just tune that note and not let that happen. Yeah, you know? yeah. that's right. So yeah. So. Um, now, yeah. you've always said that Judas Priest kind of took you guys under their wing. And, you know, that was what, one of your biggest tours. You know, I know you toured with yeah. uh, White Snake as well. And yeah. you've done a lot of the cool stuff. Um, what have you learned? What did, what did you learn on those tours? Um, nothing uh, really, like, musically, really, um, apart from... You know, like, for instance, Rudolf Schenker telling me, Mark, you have to rock hard out there. You know, it's <laughs> right. like the Scorpions, uh, most, most of the upper echelon bands, there's been a couple that, you know, kind of wanted the openers to not look good, maybe not play so good, so they look great. But bands like the Scorpions, Judas Priest, they want the whole night to be good. They right. want people to get their money's worth because they're not intimidated by us, sure. you know. But what I've learned from those guys is like from the scorpions is is you know play like it's your last note i mean go out there and, and just kick maximum ass you know mm -hmm. uh really really take that time on stage serious so i took that away from them jesus priest was more what i took from them is really how to treat people hmm. you know they like you're saying they took us under their wing they um I, I just saw how nice they were to everybody, you know, and they were so friendly and they didn't treat us like we were lower than them. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, one time I played Glenn Pimpton and Poole for 10 hours on a show day. Wow. <laughs> we had a show the next day and we were done playing pool at like 9 a.m. Oh, jeez. We, we must have drank about 20 pitchers, but that was back when I still drank, but I, I don't drink anymore, but that, uh, that's what I mean, how friendly they were and they, the way they carry themselves. So that was more, I learned from those guys more of the, 
um, you know, had to treat people. Yeah. I mean, basically, all our opening acts, we always treat them like golden. You know, were you, were you hey, guys have a great show? You know, yeah, that's cool. Now, were you guys? Did you guys tour on the? Was it the Defenders of the Faith tour, or yeah. um, was that? Did you guys? Were you guys uh, opening that show? The one where they got uh, banned from, or with all the fireworks, or they tore out all the seats and stuff, or? <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. Uh, was that Madison Square Garden? I think so. I, I I'm not sure if that was Defenders or. Screaming for Vengeance, the hmm. uh, record before. I don't really remember, but I heard about that. It, it might have happened. A lot of times we would leave after our show, you, you know. Yeah, you know, not to look I, that up, but I, I remember I, I, I remember hearing about something that. something crazy about they got, and then there was a picture of, I think it was Glenn or, or somebody, maybe KK or somebody was uh, watching a tennis match or something. And then they're like, <laughs> I thought he was barred from that place. Oh, anyway, gee, that's funny. <laughs> hey, you just mentioned a minute ago that, that you don't drink anymore. And I, we know from doing some research on you that you are a big proponent of, of the sober life. And that's something that you push and promote. Uh, we feel the same yeah. way on this end as well. Tell me a little bit yeah. about your decision to, to get sober was was it more just something you felt you needed to do for your own health or was it something that that you just watched too many people around you crumble because of their inability to get sober what what brought you to that decision it really had nothing to do with what i do for a living it it was just i was just struggling with it you know so i kind of had to surrender and to say i can't drink like normal people i can't have two beers and watch the game and I kept trying to do that, and that's why it took me so long to get sober. Is I'd go two years without drinking, and then I go, I'm gonna give it one more shot, man. I know I can drink like normal. I know I can do it, right. and I kept failing over and over and over. So in 2008, I just threw up my arms and started listening to these guys with long-term sobriety, and you know, just took direction and. And here we are 14 years later and I've been sober and really worked on myself because I wanted to figure out what it is, you know, you know, identify my triggers in the sense, like, what is it that makes me think I need to drink anyways, you know? And, and a lot of it was, um, a fear, you know, there, it's very common too. a lot of people I've talked to, they have kind of an embedded fear uh, of certain situations maybe small groups of people, maybe you have 10 people over for a little party at your house and you're not really comfortable unless you have four beers and do that. Right. You know, or, um, I don't know, certain things where you have to confront a situation. Uh, you know, it, it didn't really bother me that much to play a big show in front of like 300,000 people that, that wasn't, that was a little nerve wracking, but that didn't, you know, wasn't like a trigger to drink or, or whatever, right. but mostly small gatherings. And I had to figure out why, why am I such a scaredy cat? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, and the way I, the exercise that I did was to confront people when I, when they did something that not really got me ultra mad, but just, I didn't think was right, mm-hmm. you know? Like I'd say, man, when you talk behind that guy, guy's back all the time, it's like, why don't you go up to him or something, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and started to confront people and realized 
a lot of the things I was afraid of, you know, and that I used alcohol as a vehicle to make easier weren't a big deal, you know. And the more I did that exercise, the more I outran my fears, or at least yeah. the ones that kind of made me want to want to drink to get through it, mm -hmm. you know. So then after I had about three years, I started reaching out and seeing if anybody else was suffering, you know, and just offering my nothing more than my sober friendship, encouragement, you know, support, and just saying, hey, dude, you know, I did it. If you know, if you're yeah. If you're getting pain, you know, I, I'm right here. I, I'm not, you know, some bitch and rock star hiding from anybody, sure. you know. So if you want to get a hold of me on Facebook or whatever, I'll give you a call and talk to you. That's cool. So today I've worked with like 140 people one-on-one. -on -one, wow. And I send out meditation and prayers every day and uh, seen a lot of success. Uh, guy today just got 11 years, good buddy of mine. Hmm. Um, so, and I was at his one year celebration. Oh man! So time just goes wailing by. It yeah. sure, one does. sure does. One thing I've taken is uh, the one day at a time thing because, you know, it's a good way to live your life. You know, kind of one day at a time, and and that way you don't have to put some impossible task in front of yourself like I'll never drink again or right. I'm done. You know, right. and when I hear a new newcomer say that, I'm like, dude. Don't even go there, man. Yeah. Just don't drink today. Yeah. And at midnight, you know, congratulate, give thanks or something. Absolutely. Yeah. At Just one point, today. at one point, I'm, I read an interview or something or listened to an interview with you and, and you basically uh, told them that you were a full-blown alcoholic and, you know, you were like, oh, yeah, yeah I, you know, I'm a full-blown alcoholic. And I guess at that point you haven't stopped yet. So my name you know. is Mark. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Well, it's... Yeah. I'm an alcoholic. I mean, you know, there's no question. Uh, my dad was a uh, functioning alcoholic. I don't mm. think he ever missed a day of work, but he was like, he'd have his little pints of vodka all the time, you mm. know, and somehow he just functioned. But I, I've never been that type of drinker that I rolled out of bed and just started drinking whiskey or anything. But right. I, I was like the crazy man, always have a beer in my hand guy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And you can get pain from that too. Oh, but, sure. Uh, things are a lot better, you know, because I I feel better all the time, and That's I great. don't look bad. I don't, you know, you start looking bad when you abuse alcohol after a while. You know? That's true. And I got to tell you, it's really exciting how many guys uh, like you are getting sober in, in the music industry. You know, yeah. none of us are none of us are twenty five anymore. So it's right. uh, the older you get, the harder it gets to just be that hard on your body. So we are just well. So, here's something funny: is yeah. uh, you know going out there and playing with with we play with a lot of different bands now. It's not like the old days where we went on tour with one band for eleven months. We're playing with Sticks one week, and then we play with REO or you know Slaughter or Vince Neil or whoever. And what I notice is everybody's playing really good and it's not a huge, you know, alcohol infested, you know, nightmare. Right. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of sweet to see that, how good everybody's playing. You no know? kidding. Yeah. We have a question in the, in the uh, chat room and Leslie Allard says, is it easier to write and play sober? Man, I can feel the music better. 
um, I get inspired. I get like endorphin rushes. I, I wow. if I have a riff, I, I get real excited. You know about if it's going to translate from my head to my guitar. Hmm. And when it does, it's like the joy and you know. So you feel things better when you're not sick. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's the whole thing is being sick all the time. You're really not drinking for enjoyment. You're drinking to escape the sickness, right? It, to escape the pain. Yeah. You're trying to, so you're constantly what I call chasing normal. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want to be out of my mind at 10 a.m. I just don't want to feel pain at 10 a.m. Right. So I'm going to have three beers before I talk on the phone, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's like, you're constantly doing that. And it's so much work. That's what I've told people. It's like, it's so much work to be an active alcoholic it, mm, it, right. that once you, you know, can get on a good sober path, you realize all, you have all this time on your hands and, and you can channel your energy into positive things like, helping people you know yeah i mean you know and it's a wonderful feeling to see a sick person get well believe me i've seen it over and over again it's killer it's really killer man i just want to thank you for being you know i I tell this to to some of our guests that come on and they have similar stories to yours thank you for being a light out there it's a dark world and we need more people like you that are shedding the light uh, of sobriety and a positive lifestyle yeah. on other people around them. So yeah. congratulations to you on that. I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, I want sure. to ask you, how fun are these Monsters of Rock cruises to play? I know you guys have done done several of those, uh, maybe numerous yeah. of those, but how fun are those? Um, the reason I like them is because it's not a normal hiding backstage you know, backstage passes and mm-hmm. the meet and greet with four people or whatever. Right. The, I'm out watching bands myself right with the fans <laughs> and hanging out and like hearing their stories. It, it, you do things that you would never do on a normal show, right. which is, you know, go out and watch Saxon play, you know, oh, yeah. and you go, some guy go, Hey dude, I just saw you guys play, you know, in Portland, you guys are badass, man. <laughs> I go, what do you think it's... I go, what was that last song Saxon just played? Because that was just from an album that came out three years ago. I, are you serious? <laughs> I can't believe it. I thought all this stuff was like 30 years old they're playing. Oh, wow. Uh, so it, it's fun to hear the fan stories because they we all grew up together and, and they have a lot of stories about where they were when some of our songs came out and I really enjoy uh, hearing that because, you know, again, I'm such a fan myself, you know, I have songs that take me places. So it's just fun. It's mainly a lot of fun because you can really get close to the fans and just hang out. Uh, Nobody um, treats you any different, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, they, they're all old like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you want to hear something funny? We're I doing do. a meet and greet. We're doing a meet and greet a few gigs ago. And I'm going, dude, why are all these old people here? This <laughs> It looks like a rest home. And and I'm thinking, 
wait a minute, these people are our age. <laughs> <laughs> it, it hurts, doesn't it? I know. Yeah, it's brutal, man. Oh, it doesn't seem you know? real. doesn't seem real. Well, you um, know, the, we talked about, you know, you touring with Priest and and then uh, Scorpions and White Snake. Kiss is my f- favorite band. And the Lick yeah. It Up album was one of my favorite. It's still one of my favorite albums that they ever yeah. done. Um, I just loved Vinnie Vincent's guitar work on it. But you know, you yeah. hear a lot of a lot of weird stories about Vinnie Vincent, and, and especially you know back when they were uh, doing the Lick It Up tour. And I know you guys toured with them during that time. Yeah. What any memories do you have of the Lick It Up tour? Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I knew a lot of their crew, so that was kind of fun, um, you know, to hang out with guys that work for them and whatnot. Um, the funny thing about Kiss is, uh, I know Benny Vincent was in at that time, but there was a, a guitar player friend of mine that I saw in New York years ago when we were on tour with Jesus Priest, and I was at the Limelight. And and I saw him, and I used to play guitar with this guy because he's so good. I, I thought maybe he would rub off on me a little bit. <laughs> maybe I could get better. <laughs> so, anyways, I see him in the limelight. Like, I'm going, this guy, you know, he lives at the beach in California. What the hell is he doing in New York? <laughs> and he was screaming, I'm on Kiss. And I go, I, I thought maybe he was a DJ now or something. We got closer, and he goes, I'm in Kiss. I'm playing guitar for Kiss. Oh, gee. And a guy named Mark St. John. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, he, uh, he did the, I think he, was it, I forget what the. Animalize. No, Paya and something. I, I can't remember the, the big songs on that album, but. Heaven's on Fire. Was that it? Mark, Heaven's on Fire, his name, yeah. Isn't it? His name's Mark Norton, but he yep. uh, changed changed his name to uh, Mark St. John right. for the gig, you know, going from what the stage name vibe. Yeah. But uh, he woke up one morning after being in the band, I guess, after that album was done. I guess he woke up and his hand was like swollen like crazy. Mm. Yeah. And um, so he had to, to heal. And it only took about three weeks. And after that, during that healing time, they hired uh, Bruce Kulick to play guitar. Oh wow! And, and didn't didn't let him back in. I really felt bad for him because it was such a great opportunity. Yeah. You know, he'd been playing around local for years, and I go, man, this is so cool mm. that that he was in Kiss. But yeah, that was a great tour. Um, you know. <laughs> made me realize how much their makeup means, you know, right. because they put their makeup back on, they were playing stadium and, yeah. and we had some nights that weren't even sold out. I mean, you know, playing for like 10,000, 8,000 people, 10, you know, yeah. so they put the makeup back on and not that their music isn't great. I'm not saying that it's sure. just the image. People really like the spectacle, you right. know, they dig it, you know, like Gene Simmons is my hero, man. I want to see that tongue. <laughs> I want to see the blood. I want to see, you know, I right. want to see all that, you know. But more, you know, come on, Paul, put on some more lipstick, buddy. You look great, man. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and for that, but I think they were kind of, maybe kind of proven to themselves, you know, 
our music's badass. We can go out there without makeup and, sure. and kick maximum ass, you know. Yeah. But I think they might have went to school a little bit on, hey, where's the fans, you know? Mm-hmm. They, you know, we're Kiss, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, but they did eventually put the makeup back on, and, and you know they're playing like Detroit Stadium, <laughs> you know. Right. They did but, it. Uh, they did it right uh, on a good at a good time as well. You know, in the nineties when everything. Giant the, stadium. Right. Mm-hmm. And right during the 90s, whenever the grunge took over, and then Kiss was like, well, screw this. We're putting it back on. And then, you know, they, they just like kind of had, uh, you know, some different life with their, they, you know, as soon as they weren't selling, they take it off and then put it back on, right? You know, in the, during the uh-huh. 90s when everybody else was falling down. And, you know, Mark St. John, you know, he passed away. I didn't know if you knew that. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. So yeah. He passed away. You know, Kiss are smart businessmen too. You got to realize that. You know, oh, yeah. you got to factor that into the equation. Sure. I mean, they bought parking lots in New York, and that's pretty damn smart, right there. <laughs> right. You know, because I swear to God, I, when I played in the World Championship Pool in yeah. 2017, I rent a car. Right. Mm-hmm. It took me forever to find a parking spot for this bed and breakfast we had, <laughs> or R and B, or Air and B. I mean, and I, I just left the car there the whole week and took cabs to the pool hall, you know, mm. and I'm going, man, to own it, to, you know, have a par- parking lot. Jeez. That is just the most lucrative thing yeah. I can imagine. You oh, know? No kidding. In New York, I'm telling you. Yeah. 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 That's That was a good business move for sure. <laughs> I'd like to ask you during the time that you had, you know, once bitten and twice shy and hooked and during during that whole period especially like from the start was there any point that you go oh my gosh you know we're now climbing up and did you ever was there any kind of did you get nervous about that at all or were you just all gung-ho and and ready to ready to go wherever it took you um I was kind of gung ho. The main reason, my all my excitement stemmed from being able to hand my parents the the plat, you know, the, the trophies, mm. you know, because my dad wanted me to be uh, a professional baseball player. Oh wow! You know, and I played till I was eighteen. I I stuck it out as long as I can, but I knew there was zero chance for me to be a major leaguer. So um, I went full time music, and he. He, he he supported it, but he also said that only one in a million make it, you know. Mm, right. And I and I I told him that I have zero chance in, in baseball, zero. Mm. You know. So if you're saying one in a million, it's a better chance than zero. So, <laughs> but to be able to hand him platinum records, it, it he was just overjoyed, oh, you know. Gee. And he was a musician himself, you know, he played, he was a jazz trumpet player. So I don't know if he thought maybe it's a father like son thing. Cause he never made it big. Mm-hmm. Maybe he thought, maybe he thought my, my bloodletting wouldn't allow it. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, I, I'm but, sure uh, he's, I'm sure your folks are very proud of all your accomplishments. They are truly amazing. I mean, I was, I was looking at your, your bio. I hope I have this right. I believe your. Um, oh, now I've lost it. Your album was certified platinum in July of 1989. That was twice shy. 
and then just a few a few months later it went double platinum if, if that fact yeah. is correct i mean that's a very yeah. very short period of time to sell that many albums so wow you are yeah. a one in a million guy we got sure. nominated for a grammy too which is really exciting yes and played on alice cooper uh introduced us on the american music awards mm-hmm. and that was really cool but what was really bizarre was the audience. I mean, there was people like Little Richard and all wow. these, you know, just people that we would never expect in the crowd, you know, because it was an award thing. Uh, it was just amazing to see, you know, uh, all these icons, yeah. you know, watching us play. It wow. was just, it's, it's like almost a, it's a surreal situation. Mm. Sure. Have you had back in Dante Fox? You you know you, you had Richards, Tony Richards from Wasp, and yeah. and and, yep. and then you guys kind of swapped uh, drummers and stuff. Do you, have you spoken yeah. to Tony recently or at any time after he was out of the band? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, well, not recently, but a few times I've run into him and we hung out. Just had a great time. He was living in Minnesota. Um, when I saw him, I think it was like early 2000s, mm, wow. and he was uh, he was going to college. He was giving drum lessons. You know, right after um, we changed drummers, he went straight to Wasp and made like two albums with them. Right. He was really a very, very skilled drummer, excellent drummer. And our bass player had quit three weeks before we got a record deal. Was that Don? Because Don Costa. Yeah. And uh, I actually, through George Lynch, I got him a gig in Aussie. He actually played with Aussie. <laughs> wow. So he got, he, he quit our band because he said we weren't heavy enough. You know? <laughs> and uh, so he got his heaviness with Aussie. Yeah. You know, he didn't last very long in the band. I guess uh, there was problems. But um, so I completely lost touch with him. Loved him to death, though. Great guy. And, and Tony as well. Tony, Tony was the greatest guy. He was so funny. We lived. We bought a house together. Mm. All oh, wow. three of us, and we lived together, and uh, that was quite the experience. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> you know, in our early twenties. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, it was just crazy. Now, was that is that during the time that uh, Jack ended up having to go to jail? Yeah, wow. yeah. Jack was in prison, so. When, when I started that band, that's what I did. I started a band after uh, he, he got in trouble. And I had a girl singer first uh, yep. called Lisa Baker. And she joined George Lynch after six months. And then I got another guy named Butch Say that sounded like Rob Halford, like almost exactly. He was like the perfect singer for me at that time. Right. You know, because of the stuff we were doing. Sure. And uh, he was great. We we played around for, I don't know, a year and a half or so. And then Jack got out and auditioned. And by a two-to-one vote, a yay for me and a yay from the bass player, uh, <laughs> Jack became the singer. Wow. So he was like the third singer in, in uh, Dante Fox. And Man. eventually, after this member gone and another one inserted and that guy gone, another inserted, uh, it, it became Great White, it, it, the it, early incarnation. It, it's got to be probably at least a little, um, you know, for Jack to, to know that you guys at least stood by him, 
you know, through those, those dark times and, and, um, yeah. you know, cause, cause you, you, at that time you're like, man, I lost my singer and I gotta go get another guy and, or another woman. Yeah. And, and, and then, and you brought him back. So, I mean, that's, you know, he's got to give you some props on that for sure. Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. So, Jackson is sweet, sweet man. Um, you know, we were like blood brothers. Yeah. Uh, it just certain, you know, there, I, I call it like certain different levels of addiction. Some, mm-hmm. uh, have more difficult time than others, right. you know, and, uh, it's a pretty big scale, you know. I, I've seen people just get one DUI and they just don't drink ever, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, and then people can lose everything and they can't stop, you know. Well, so, the th- the thing I don't know where he is on that. But. You know, the thing that's neat, though, is, is how you guys have, have your group and he's able to still make his living, uh, you know, doing yeah. his, his version of it. And I think that's, that's just, awesome. that's kind of a, a sweet, uh, you know, touch on the story is that everybody's getting to do yeah. what they want to do and that's yeah and that's we great. wanted we wanted him to be able to make a living sure and and uh by attaching the band name to his surname it it allowed him to uh to perform you know certainly, certainly. so so that that was good you know yeah you know with you guys having basically great white is a business um i'm do you guys still have to communicate, you know, on the level of, um, you know, great white? Um, no, because we own the name. Okay. So we don't have to, uh, answer to anybody or do anything like that. And any kind of royalties take care of themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as performance royalties, radio play movies, whatever that, that'll, is handled so that's wonderful yeah and everything's good you know um we're out we're out playing shows and you know with this singer just doing the songs perfect it's a lot of fun and you know these days in our in our era we knew everybody's name and every band what they played you know (laughs) Where they're from. You know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, we would read the liner notes, you know. Oh, yeah. Today, I think it's more about the the songs or something, you know what I mean? Sure. It's like there's bands out there with no original members, mm-hmm. but they play the songs perfect. That's right. So people go to hear, uh, I think some of the fans, they probably might not even know that there's, you know, right. they're not original members, you right. know, right. like foreigner. Um, <laughs> well, sure. yeah, you know, and they, let me tell you about foreigner though, man, they play those songs spot on. Yes, yeah. they I do. Mean, they yeah. could not be delivered better. Yeah. Kelly's, uh, and, and Kelly's, Mick, Kelly's amazing. And of mm-hmm. course you got, you know, Jeff, Pilson. Jeff Pilson. I mean, all those guys are just Incredible. spot on. Pilson and I, I know a, Mick. Pilson Mick, is a genius. Oh, he yeah. sure Pilson is. is an absolute musical genius. Yes. I love, I love Jeff. I love foreigner. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know if Mick Jones still goes out, but I, I know he was going out and playing. You're getting the real, the real deal there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, these guys absolutely capture, you can close your eyes and you think, man, you are listening to classic foreigner. I mean, it, it's so killer. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so good. 
They do great. Well, Mark, we're going to start wrapping things up. This has been a really quick hour, and and we're excited about your uh, radio show that's coming up here, so we're not going to keep you much longer. Uh, I do want to put these uh, tour dates back up here. Now, I'm pretty sure you guys are going to add more dates as time goes along. There's actually more than that that just aren't up yet uh, that I'm hearing about. Okay, I don't. Great. I don't have them at the top of my head, but That's yeah, these okay. keep checking back. They they're pretty good about updating our yeah our things. So. That's fantastic. Well, we're really excited yeah. to see what happens with uh, with Brett. And yeah. it sounds like you guys have a. Yeah have a, a very energetic, uh, youthful guy that's the right fit, and so we're excited to see what unfolds there. Yeah, and you, you know, right you said there, some really sure. good things about Andrew, you know, being in the band, and I guess there Wonderful. might have been some, something on his Facebook and he made a comment that wasn't too pleasing, I guess, you know, um, about um, you guys. I, yeah, that's okay, though. Uh, I still have respect for him because um, of his loyalty to his band. Sure. You sure. know, um there's got to be something to say about that. You know, um, if he made a comment that was kind of rude, I'm sure it was just a kind of safe face or something. Sure. He's a, he's a great guy and, and man, he can sing too. And, yes. uh, and I, I, he was a joy to be around. I, you know, I was really sad, he, you know, uh, that he did multiple projects. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if we were a different situation that we're used to, you know, just having random singers every gig, you know, but it's just too much work to do that because when somebody has to cancel a show, then we got to audition people and, you know, we don't want to go out there with a different singer every time. But I thought, I thought Andrew was really going to work out. And then all of a sudden they get this tour and then I don't know what's going to happen in the future, you know? So we were, we were really in a tough spot and, Mm -hmm. uh, we're really happy that things were worked out with Brett because he, he's dynamite, man. That's yeah. great. You know, we were out there at a Key West, um, the Rock Island Fest, and um, Andrew was out there with um, his band Last in Line, and they yeah. you know did some, some VIP um, shows and stuff, and we, you know got to see him up close and and uh, just jam a bunch of cover tunes with George Lynch and <laughs> and um, oh yeah yeah. You know, yeah, he plays with George too. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Firehouse. I heard he's doing a gig. Uh, he's oh, done wow. a few gigs with Firehouse even. Well, he can we, go out and sing anything. He, he's a really good singer. Yeah. You bet. Well, we're he did we're that really rock ex- vault, rock vault in Vegas. And, yes. Yeah. That's right. No. That's right. Well, we're excited for him, but we're certainly excited about uh, Great White and what lies ahead for you guys. And we just want to make sure that people continue to follow and support you guys. You can check out officialgreatwhite.com. Keep an eye on those tour dates. And we're going to be watching for a new album from you guys. We we hope to see yeah. that sometime in 23, maybe. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I'm I'm really pumped about some of this music we got going here. Oh, yeah. that's, I that's can't awesome. wait for people to you know see what they think. It's yeah, you, you guys were amazing uh-huh. at the Streets Gone Wild here in Tulsa. You yes. guys uh, performed here in Tulsa. It was in a on a in the middle of outside downtown Tulsa. Yeah, and uh, you guys put on an amazing show. I was right up front, and um, you know your li- your your licks were just as good as they were, in, you know, in, in in the good old days. So. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, thank you. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate that, man. Well, Mark, well, thank you so much, and we appreciate you coming on Tulsa Music Stream with us tonight. Uh, stay in touch, and we'll be looking for new stuff from you guys coming out soon. Okay. 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 God, God sure, bless. Man. Take care, buddy. We'll you see guys. you. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. Have a good night. Great guy. Cool.
Nice. Okay, well, that was exciting. Another good one. Yeah. We're missing nine tonight. He got stuck at the job, sounds like. So, miss you, buddy. Sorry you couldn't be here, but that was fun. That was a good one. You know, I'm glad that uh, that we were able to do that episode with him because you know the first time we had some um, computer issues or whatever oh yeah and so we we had to postpone it so I'm glad we got to knock that one out and you know I had all my did all my research for him and I think like during one of the other shows I crumbled it up and threw it (laughs) then it got put in the trash and probably got thrown away and this whole time I thought I had it and so I thought all all my um, research was all still here in everything and uh, come back Gonzo. and it was gone. I didn't have anything. I wasn't planned. I was like, oh my gosh. So I had to like go back and do some quick researching on him again and, and write some notes down. But you winged it. That was uh, You wung it. Yeah. Good wunging. So I wasn't, I didn't think I was going to be prepared you for it. You know what? You, you were just fine. Do you want to say hi tonight? Yeah. Teresa. She's, she said she's grunging she's out tonight. She's got her tonight. Nirvana. She's got her flannel on. Yeah. Rock, rock it. So how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Get right on that mic, girl. Well, we got to turn right. it, get, there's, on it There she is. Every, when, when she was writing, the table was moving, so I turned her down. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Now she's cranked. It's okay. Like, okay. Oh, you could hear that. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> she's over there doing her doing her job. We appreciate her. Thank you, Leslie. Uh, yes. Thank you, guys. All of you, uh, Doug Weber. Mark's got yep. some great energy. He does, Doug. He really yeah. does. Nice and, guy. and thank you, Leslie. I appreciate you guys um, joining the us into the chat room and joining us joining with us there we go they were there we don't have anything uh lined up right just yet but after we get off air we're gonna go work on it right yeah and thank you guys for sending the stars um i really appreciate that uh bill hamilton and and uh leslie talcott's out there sending stars thank Uh, you yeah elizabeth english talcott sent 230 Whoa. stars and i thought that was really cool so i gave her a heart for that so I, I really appreciate that thank you so much it's all about hearts and stars guys it's like a bowl of lucky charms do you guys have a gig this weekend uh yes yes rocket science oh. will be take a guess where we are <laughs> lenny's yeah we live there we pay rent there okay sancha lets us live in the kitchen Great. Rocket yeah. Science at Lenny's yeah. on Saturday. Thank you. Dead Metal Society is at the Vanguard. It's Jason Gillardi's birthday. Is there it now? Show. Come on out. Is that right? Yes, it is. Is he finally 21? Uh, I don't know. Mm. I don't know about okay. that. Well, at, at heart, right? We'll see. Okay. That'll be fun. So, yeah, get out and see some, some bands this weekend. Wow. And, is, uh, is, our, is our Facebook going weird on us? What you talking about, Willis? Oh, it was like doing some weird freezing up stuff on, on oh, my on my no. computer. It's just your Apple. Cool. Yeah, it's all good. I don't anyway. have no. This is not an Apple. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think we're good. Anyway, guys, thank you very much as always for tuning in. Let's uh, let's thank our sponsors real quick. Okie PC, Identity Merch, uh, uh, DEB uh. Concerts, Psychoma Filmworks, Surviving Rock, Oklahoma. Appreciate you guys. I do want to put up the Identity Merch thing because it's really important that you guys. Get some Tulsa Music Stream yeah. threads. And Christmas it, is almost around the corner. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like 20-some-odd degrees tonight. You see that nice little hoodie there on the far right on your That's screen? That's what I'm wearing right now. I know, and it's beautiful. Get get you one of those. Go to the, the Tulsa Music Stream Facebook page and uh, click the Shop Now button. I think it's right at the top of the page. You can go to our online store and get some 
thread so you can sport us around town. And uh, we thank you guys for all you do. We'll be back on at some point. We're going to go line up some more guests and do this again. Appreciate you all watching. You guys got anything before we sign off? Um, hmm? oh, mm. I did have some. Oh, well, I think we're going to learn some new songs. So that's that's cool. Yeah. For the for the band, not the stream, right? right yeah. We're not going to do karaoke on the stream. Although we should, you know, we mm. should probably break out some acoustics and and um, maybe do like a song. Let's do a great white song. Save all your face love. the day. I was going to ask him about face the day, but mm. you cut me off, and that's cool. You know, he has to be. I'm assuming he does his radio show live. Maybe it's pre-recorded, but I figured he needed to go. Yeah. Know do some things anyway we're gonna get out of here thank you Teresa for all you contribute to the show we appreciate you and thank you Scott oh my gosh <laughs> don't hit the camera like nine did last time <laughs> miss you nine thank, thank hope you you're guys. okay out there have a good one we'll see you guys soon Tulsa Music Stream signing off good night <laughs>